There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. <laughs> everybody on Instagram, uh, and by everybody I mean me, are desperate to find out what happened at the end of the rant because yesterday you were on story saying how annoyed you were by Judgy James. You got to the point where he was cleaning the car and cleaning the car seats and then it cut off. Oh, I know. Do you know what? He, I don't know, does Dozer do this? But like, so there's loads going on. All I really need help with is like, you know, maybe to help do the dishwasher or stop Gigi taking knives out of the dishwasher or you know or just get one of the kids dressed that's what I need and it's at that point that James decides to open the front door so that was another hazard so he's left the front door open so then I've got to watch the kids running out the front door um and starts deep cleaning the car Literally at like half past seven in the morning. Like, what the hell? But are you communicating with him that you need him to do more? Because I'm quite vocal. In fact, like I feel quite lucky, but Doz is like pretty on it when it comes to them. Because let's be honest, he's probably around a bit more than I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know what? James used to be like, James, I used to be the one out all the time. And James used to be with Axel way more than me. Um, but I think it's always been like this, if I'm honest, like I do all that stuff and he doesn't, but he does other stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like I don't do any washing really, or, you know, I don't, I'm not moaning, but it's just in that, you know, there's no initiative. There's no initiative. It's the initiative that gets me. My take on it is right. And I think this is, this is where the communication in a relationship is so key because you're thinking one thing, you require something from him and he's doing something else. And sometimes actually two people are just oblivious to what the other person (laughs) needs. So you're getting more and more infuriated. He's like, oh, well, you know, this seems like a great time for me to clean the car. So I, what did I say to you in the WhatsApp? You haven't come back to me, actually. You no, don't sit down and tell him yeah, what I know. Need, and then there won't be any anger. And then you can be like, James, do this. Come on. But you know, sometimes I feel like it's just, you should just know. No. It's like if I fell over, I don't need you to like, I don't know, start showing me how to do a burpee. <laughs> like, that would be irrelevant wouldn't it it'd be like what why why are you showing me that it's the same it's like if you're you know if we're having breakfast and the kids are throwing breakfast at each other it's not a good time to like you know start doing something completely different yeah I hear you I hear you but he's not um David Blaine 
Like, you know, <laughs> the world's best why mind. Not? Why not? Uh, well, yeah, why not? Exactly. Um, other than that, how was your weekend? Uh, yeah, do you know what? It's really nice. We've, we've just had like a really busy, like the last 10 days have been so busy and we haven't been at home at all. Like we just had, you know, just had loads on. Yeah. And um, so now for the next week, I've decided we're going to try to minimise how much we've got on. So we can relax a bit and, you know, just have a, spend a little bit of time at home before um, September too. comes around. When um, yeah. you start? Uh, the Thursday. So I don't know what that is. <laughs> Whatever that is, the Thursday. The and how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. Um, I wasn't fine. And I think, I think I had a bad couple of days with my, like, with my lows last week. So Thursday, yeah. Friday. Just really, really, really emotional. Kind of the uncontrollable crying came back, and I think it was hormonal. Um, yeah. It felt a bit scary, you know, because I've sort of got on top of that with everything, you know, with all the hormonal changes that were going on, sort of January, February, March time. And I thought I felt quite sort of settled on my HRT, but I had like a big dip last week. Um, I think also with like tiredness, and I had a few of the hot flushes that had been coming back, and then obviously, I know a bad row with Dozer, and it was like I couldn't pull myself out of it. It's so a Thursday night and Friday night were pretty intense evenings for me, but actually we kind of made up and. And then I started to feel a bit better um, and ate the right foods and got some rest. And like Luna slept through four nights in a row. Just That's like, good. Things were starting to make my life a little bit easier. Like, you know, we all carry around a lot of stuff with us. And I think sometimes you, we're only human. You just get to breaking point. You're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, you do. You've had like you get to a point where you've had enough. It's interesting as well what you say about um, you started eating properly and stuff. Because for the last ten days, where I've been so busy, I haven't done any exercise at all, probably for two weeks. And um, I've just been eating. We've been eating out like a lot because we've been in different places, and you don't. It's not the same, is it? When you're not making things yourself, you haven't got so much control over it. Um, and that's why I said this week. I was like, I really want to try. I think we're out tomorrow night for dinner but other than that I'm like I really want to try this week to get back on my running I'm going to go out for a run tonight get back on it like almost back to school for me <laughs> do you know what I mean like new yeah new start again and, and feeling good I hear you and it's actually amazing isn't it what happens to our mental health when we don't exercise <sighs> I only did I only did two sessions last week that's not enough for me yeah. and I, I feel it if I don't do it virtually every day I, that's that's you know I'm not saying that that's everybody needs to do that level of it but because I've always done it at that level when I don't do it I just the endorphins that I don't get and everything else that's added to it and then I start slipping with our foot with my food and all that kind of stuff and I'm like oh, I just was really low last week so yeah it's Matt is at, like I was talking to a friend about this yesterday we were both saying we almost wish we were people that didn't need that like I wish I was somebody who could let it all you know just not not worry about okay with not exercising I wish I was okay because sometimes you can't fit it in like you literally can't the last two weeks I couldn't fit it in um and I really hate how bad it makes me feel like I really it's really annoying it's really annoying those bloody endorphins (laughs) my sex drive disappears when I don't exercise as well yeah fascinating what happens hormonally yes exercising everything it just suddenly just plummets and I'm like it must be related to that like I had a big yeah. last week and I said right this week I've um I've already got up and done some like I'm just gonna crack on and try and do something every day 
Yeah, no, I'm go- I'm actually going to download that Courtney Black app. That you do it. About. Yeah, I'm going to do it because, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, like, sessions is perfect for me well, at the she, moment. Listen to this. She actually, she actually emailed me and said, um, well, a girl from her team, her name was Georgia as well, and she <laughs> said, oh, Courtney would love to come on your show. And I was thinking, but she's not, I mean, she's not a mum, but I'd love to chat to her anyway because the transformation that she's done. So we, yeah. that, that maybe we can add her to the list. Yes, let's do it. Yeah, let us know actually if you're listening, if you want to hear from Courtney Black, because she's like yeah. a power woman. Please say yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so today's a really exciting day, isn't it? Because today's guest is basically somebody that we have admired from afar, kind of followed in the media. Um, she's the sister of one of my friends, but we neither of us have met her. No, I know. And we, yeah, like you said, we sort of have followed her journey and followed her journey into motherhood and absolutely adore her. So it's really exciting for us to get to chat to her yeah do you want to introduce her yeah today we're chatting to laura brand welcome to tuesday's episode of the podcast an absolute treat and a delight today because this lady we've been wanting to get on the podcast she might not know this for a very long time so we are absolutely over the moon that she's agreed to do it she is the author of the joy journal basically it's kind of a magical everyday play novel with 50 activities for kids to do Uh, she is mum to two amazing daughters mabel and peggy she is married to the actor comedian and all-round legend that is russell brand today we're talking to the lovely laura brand hello yay <laughs> I followed you guys for absolute forever and I've followed like all your pregnancies. I feel like I know you so well. I mean, obviously we have mutual friends, but I'm so honestly so honored that you would invite me on here. Thank Aww. you. Such a treat. Aww, Such a treat. Um, Laura, there's so much that we want to talk to you about. So I'm I'm like really hoping that this 40 minutes just keeps going on and on and on and on and on because you've got such an incredible kind of setup with your kids and your husband and like your life in general and obviously now being an author. So I guess we kind of want to start at the beginning and talk about maybe your journey to motherhood and how you met your now husband. Gosh, well, you know what? We were actually reflecting on this. We met we met many, many years ago when I was 18 and or 19 actually. And we sort of um both completely in a different place. It was like we dated for a little bit and you know, it was uh, sort it was just exciting and fun and, and it is what it is for when you're younger and great. And then we went our separate ways. Um, but we sort of always kind of kept in touch even after breaking up Um, but then we both obviously he was married and I was in a serious relationship with somebody and we we didn't speak for ages and then uh, for for years in fact and then the day um, I'm going straight in with very personal stuff (laughs) my ex-boyfriend and I um, separated so that was five years ago Um, we he left the he left the house like we we you know it was the bag packing moment and the sort of heartbreak of like oh my god what this is actually happening and uh, my friend said to me like I can't let you be in bed I can't let you mope around and be in bed it's like come and meet me in East London on the canals we'll go for a walk I was absolutely like devastated crying heartbroken um I hadn't seen Russell for for years and years and years hadn't spoken to him you know or anything and my friend said to me meet me on the bit where you kind of come down to the canal we'll walk along to there was a, a winter winter festival happening in Victoria Park and um I really didn't want to go and I was really really just in a terrible state of mind I came down the, the steps to the canal and Russell was standing there 
it was completely by chance. Oh, um, wow. He was, he was doing an interview because it was at the time he was working on a housing project in East London and he was doing an interview under a, under a no. bridge. And I froze, completely froze and was like, oh my gosh, there's, there's Russell. I was like, I can't believe I'm seeing him today of all days after all this, you know, and, and Russell, I, I had been in love with Russell. So it was like, you know, um, a real sort of pulled on my heartstrings. I was like, I can't believe yeah. I've seen him after all this time. My friend Molly was like, today is not the day to go and check him out. So she like dragged me off the path and was like, look, pull yourself together. You're crying your eyes out. Um, you're, you're, you, I don't think this is the day where it's like this moment where suddenly you see your ex-boyfriend and, you know, you, I, I think you might regret, you might regress it if this is the moment <laughs> you after all these years. So I didn't do anything. So I just what left Did like you walk I past him thought, and say hello or did you not go back on the path? No. no. I said a very whimpering, hello, Russell. And of course he didn't hear me because he was so, he was like doing, he was in the middle of an interview or something. And I just, I just turned back and thought, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll just message him, you know. And I spent ages wondering, should I uh, message him? You know, should I not? And I did. And it wasn't until like a couple of weeks later that we decided to sort of meet up and we had a lot to talk about and we had a cup of tea. And I remember in that conversation sort of explaining why it hadn't really worked with my ex-boyfriend and saying, you know, I just want to, I think I just want to be a mum. You know, I was working in a restaurant. I was running a restaurant nightclub. I was working all night. It was so late. Um, uh, Like I was very, very tired, very, very run down. And I remember just saying to him in that one conversation, you know, I think I just I think I just want to be like live a quiet life. And I think I just want to be a mum. And we've never, ever forgotten. That was the first conversation we had. For months we had to rebuild, you know, um, you know, really, we, we started with the friendship of just trying to get to know each other again, because when you've been out with somebody before, um, and you know things so much had happened between us you know I I had done so many different jobs I had sort of feel like you know I feel like I had I was a completely different person to the person I was you know uh, in my you know early 20s yeah and I um and he was as well and he wanted a quiet life then as well I think he was over the it was it was sort of just after the trues era of when everything went a little bit too yeah. political for him yeah. I think and he was like, I think I want to, I think I want to settle down and be quiet as well. And that was a mutual, yeah, that was the mutual conversation we had. So when you met back up, was it almost like instantly, like you both knew this was your time, you'd had, you know, you'd had a few years apart and not, not chatting and this was your time and you both sort of agreed that you wanted to settle down and you wanted to move into the next stage of life? Yeah, I think it kind of was like we, it's so weird because if you had said to me at 22 when I was maybe like, oh, I think, you know, I think Russell was possibly the love of my life, you know, and people are like, oh, move on, you'll get over it, it'll be fine. And I'm like, no, no, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he was my soulmate, you know, yeah, <laughs> like that wow. sort of conversation you're having with people. And I never really imagined we would be sitting there having that same conversation. But when we when we met up that day and we had this conversation, I thought, gosh, so much has happened, so much time has passed, but I've got a deep deep um appreciation and love for this person even though yeah. I don't even know the person he is now you know he, he was so different to even how I knew him then and we just we just immediately wanted the same things and we felt you know of course when you've been through anything with somebody before it, you have to rebuild 
trust you have to find your foundations again and to be honest with you we did it in just the most perfect way it was very very sort of slow it was really really getting to know each other and going out on day trips together and sort of just sort of um you know re-meeting each other's friends and it, it was just and, and then suddenly it went very fast so then it was like you know six months of the getting to know each other and then suddenly it was like wow okay uh shall we move in together yeah shall we uh get a puppy yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> After we got a puppy, I found out I was pregnant. So I must say, I it was it was like uh, actually we got we got our puppy Bear, who's now an enormous German Shepherd. We got him on Valentine's Day, um, and I that same week found out I was I basically started throwing up because I was having to deal with the, the dogs. The oh puppy yeah. <laughs> And I said, this is weird, you know, I didn't think I'd be this sensitive to a puppy. Anyway, sure enough, I was actually pregnant wow. with our first daughter, Mabel, and wow. that's it. So, yeah, we moved in together in the October, and, and that was Valentine's Day the next year. So it was pretty, pretty swift. Well, Laura, what was that moment like where you um, where you found out you were pregnant? And how, how did you feel? And how did Russell feel? Well, he had really, really wanted, you know, I think, I, th- I mean, he, he really wanted to become a father. And I, even though I, I remember thinking, gosh, I remember saying, I want to become a mother. And then the reality, I don't know if you two felt that, but when you find out you're pregnant with your first child, you do, you do also feel this weird sense of like, kind of I don't mean to say you know this isn't um, meant to sound sort of unappreciative but there's a feeling of like oh no 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 but what about what about me like I feel like I'm still too young to have a child or like you know what you know I, I felt like this weird sense of like my world had warped like oh my god really are you sure are you am I going to be able to look after a child I don't know if I feel like I'm yeah ready. um and I think for maybe for the partner or in, in certainly in this case with Russell, he was just absolutely he like dropped to the floor and he was just absolutely over the moon. And I and I was as well. And I was obviously crying. But I think also um, I had I had hyperemesis throughout the pregnancy. So I was basically sick from the day I looked at that positive. Oh, so wow. I, and I there was quite a lot I had to work, work on with myself to uh, be strong sort of to uh not I did appreciate it and I was incredibly excited but anyone that suffered with that um extreme morning sickness even though yeah. it's all, all day and all night um it it really you have to work quite hard on your mel- mental well-being as well so there was yeah. like amazing moments of like buying the first item for the baby and feeling very excited and connecting with your bump and everything and then immediately after you feel like I can't be sick again like I don't know how I'm going to cope with this for nine months so it was it was a bit of a challenging pregnancy but I was generally I was just like wow it it, it was a it was an amazing surreal feeling we, we actually chatted to somebody recently who also suffered suffered really badly with um hyperemesis and she said that there were moments during her pregnancy where she actually considered you know I hate to say these words but actually I don't think I can be pregnant any longer you know it was that moment did it ever yeah. get that bad for you it did yeah and I actually found myself going there's a group called pandas which support women who are have a prenatal so rather than postnatal well they do what postnatal as well but I was looking I was looking for support groups which supported sort of 
uh, basically um, prenatal depression. So I, I found it very challenging at times and um, I tried lots of different things and it was that thankfully through um, a friend of mine recommending a wonderful hypnobirthing teacher called Holly that I then actually started to really go through, like I was like right okay hypnobirthing at least one tool I can use for you know the the fear and the feeling of um you know how do I continue this and and actually that that was that was a, an amazing that was a life-changing experience uh, learning about hypnobirthing because I then went on to have a pretty incredible hypnobirth for both my daughters and then I trained as a teacher myself wow so, I um and that, and that started from looking for ways to um really ways to uh handle the mental aspect of not feeling well. So do you think um the way you got through the sickness was by focusing on the end result and the birth and how that was going to be? Actually yes, and it's yeah. really weird because a lot of people I know that that's not how a lot I know a lot of people that have pregnancies where um and I I do, you know, look sort of, um, gosh, any, any pregnancy, if you're able to have a baby, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. And it's a miracle, really, honestly. Um, so I, um, but certainly with me, I know some people just don't feel anything and they just blossom and every, you know, the pregnancy is very much about the feeling of the baby growing and that, feel, but, but when you do have the sickness, that is your focus. It's not really about, you know, you can still catch, you know, you can still look at an app and see sort of like, wow, okay, the baby looks like this. And you kind of, you know, and you can kind of check in with yourself to some degree. But also, um, it's very difficult to be, you you want distractions, because you need to get your mind off the sickness. So what you just said there is really interesting, Georgia, I did focus on the end result. And, uh, and when I say end result, in this case, I thought, Okay, so at the moment, pregnancy isn't quite what I was imagining. You know, it's not quite as blissful and blossoming as I had sort of, in my mind, naively thought it could might be. However, um, what I did also decide, it, it did um, instigate within me, is this feeling of really wanting to educate myself on birth and educate myself also on um, or really or release the fears around birth that I had. And that work that I did helped me with the sickness but it also then did mean that I ended up going a really different path to the one I expected so I sort of initially started very very much like um sort of by the book really what I imagined it would be you know I saw saw a doctor I thought it was going to be a certain way I maybe thought you know this is what I want and then I ended up having a completely different hands-off birth center water birth and it did go that way for me and I feel very lucky I know it doesn't for everybody but either way what the hypnobirthing did was it prepared me for unexpected situations and the sickness was unexpected so that was where it was um helpful so we've obviously touched on you know the the sickness and how intense that was for you and I guess the feelings around not being able to connect with baby because obviously it's it's a weird one isn't it to even try and get your head around the fact that the thing that you're supposed to love the most in the world and that you're growing is making you so sick so I imagine you're fighting against that all the time but what was it like when you actually gave birth to your daughter and and, and did that sort of light switch moment happen? Oh, yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I thankfully just what I should make clear is that thankfully due to that sort of work I was doing, that sort of um, breathing techniques and um, understanding the 
um, anatomical side of what the, my my own body was doing when I was pregnant and what it was going to be doing when it was giving birth. Actually, that connection process oh, happened good. towards it did kick in. The first the first part of the pregnancy was just like a lot about the my mental state but then with the with the connection I think it might have been at around probably six six or seven months it was um also I think I don't know if you found this too but as soon as you start to really show I think yeah also sort of naturally starts to happen where you feel like you're holding your bump more you're nurturing your yourself a little bit more as a pregnant woman and you know things like that I I think it's just it is to do with um for me it was just to do with the fact that I had done all this this work on the sort of the sickness and the fear that connection did happen during pregnancy and I feel very grateful for that but certainly towards like where I was very excited for the birth also I think because you're excited (laughs) in the last couple of months um Russell and I decorated the baby's room ourselves we sort of started to just hibernate really kind of a little bit earlier than you might ordinarily I suppose we've already at this point we were living a bit more remotely you know in the countryside with our dog yeah. and a couple of chickens and it was just a very much like this, the process of that sort of uh what we saw we wanted for our for our family life had started you know during that preg- at, yeah. towards the end of that pregnancy so then when toward um yeah so I was I was excited you know I was thankfully I think the also the, the thing with the um sickness is that you know it does sometimes it, it get you have good times and in those good times it, it's not it's not often but in those good moments you can forget for a moment about the sickness and think about the the baby that you're carrying and it's amazing but certainly towards the end um I also I sort of went right I was 42 weeks when I wow birth, oh so god I just I know this I was really like, I was sort of holding out. And I, you know, of course, you then go through moments where you're like, oh, no, oh, no, this is like, what's going on? I'm so, I've been pregnant forever. And I literally <laughs> had been pregnant forever. I mean, like, 42 weeks is pretty long. But um, I I just wanted, I wanted to do it the way I wanted to do it, like, in the end, you know. And I think after all, a, a feeling of just feeling a little bit dragged th- through a hedge backwards and towards, I, I got a gastric bug at the end as well. So it was all a bit oh, like, Laura, oh, oh yeah, that's know. awful. You know what? It was just like, you know, it, it was sort of, that was a little bit hideous, but the, the blessing was that when I was in, I ended up in hospital with that gastric bug, I actually met the midwife of the birth center I ended up going to. And really it was, I always think, this is one thing that I think I'm learning more to do is to trust in those little signs and those moments. So yeah. I was in for a gastric bug, bug where people were sort of telling me I think it's wise to I think it's wise to induce you you know you're really unwell I don't really know you know but I was like but is the baby okay and they were like well yeah the baby's fine and I was like right okay so there's nothing to worry about I mean to be honest it wasn't like that simple there was a lot of back and forth there was a lot of opinions from different people there was a lot of me trying to really think about what the wisest thing to do for the health of the baby and myself was but when I was in there the midwife um, from the birth center came to see me and um, just said oh I just thought I'd pop in because I heard you're interested in a birth center birth and I was like yeah yeah I'd love to like that's exactly where I was you know I just I wasn't sure how this is going to turn out and she she basically was just she was the door she opened the door to me to having then you know like oh right well I'm set on I want to be in that birth center if I can be in that birth center so you're not going to induce me unless you have to I was like I'd like to I'd like to go there and she was you know she was just like that she was a really she was one of those wise women that you meet and you connect with. And I, I'm thankful yeah. for the women of that birth centre. So, so they 
they really helped me to in those final um, weeks of pregnancy. So then, yes, it was magical when I met my daughter. I, I have to say, I, I, I feel very blessed to have had a birth that was the way it was. Talk to us a little bit about the birth. Gosh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a very, very quick version because otherwise I could go on and indulge it for way too long. Um, I, um, uh, my husband actually writes about it quite nice, well, very nicely actually. He read it to me before he did print it in his book Recovery. But I, um, I, 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 somebody messaged me recently saying, you know that they, I went, they went to a mindful birthing group to to do was a mindful birthing um, sort of a network, and they used the story of our daughter Mabel's birth from from Russell's book Recovery as part of a sort of a positive birth story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sort of an amazing thing to, to to learn but yeah so I mean I like like anyone I sort of went I my waters broke at home I I went into labor in the middle of the night and didn't tell I didn't wake my I didn't wake Russell up or I didn't tell him for hours I was like I think I'm just going to go and listen to a meditation in the other room so I did and then I went and got him and said I think this is a bit more intense now and he was so excited he ran downstairs was making me like marmite on toast and tea (laughs) have to sort of eat and have sugary tea and things so I was like um you know I was sort of being very much um you know like weighted on hand and foot and really what I wanted was quiet and space and that was just at one point I think he suggested doing some meditation together and I was like no no I need space I need space so we just stayed in a very sort of kind of candle lit room for ages and then I sort of thought I maybe wanted to have a home birth but then after my waters broke I, I just changed my mind and we live um 60 minutes away from the birth center oh, oh wow yeah so really it was even to get to a hospital it's um 50 minutes from us so the birth center itself was in Oxford and, and I, I I'd really was set if I could be there I was set on being there it's on the grounds of the John Radcliffe hospital so it's a wonderful place um but it is a midwife-led um unit so we started the 60 minute journey and I can't say that was the best experience oh no life. what it is it in the car <laughs> the contractions no. are coming in and you're like this is so uncomfortable oh, I don't. everyone has I think it's amazing it's something that women if you have to go in a car to the hospital or birth center or wherever you're going to give birth I um I must say we can all connect on that that you have to I don't know like hold on to the things be on yeah your- <laughs> And then also, where's the? I'm a control freak, so I was probably trying to. I certainly was with my second daughter, trying to sort of direct. So, it was, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I must say, it was like a, I, I went a little bit backwards after I arrived at the birth center, having been quite calm and far along in the in the process. I then sort of went into fear and. Oh, went into a sort of space of being very, 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 very angry when I arrived, didn't want anyone to touch me. I sort of was like, um, you know, they describe, sometimes they use this um, uh, story within in hypnobirth, and they use the story of a horse giving birth and how, you know, you don't you don't really talk or go near a horse when they're yeah. birthing. You and also they only have the one trusted person that the horse knows best nearby to help. And um, it's sort of about you know the the, the darkness and the, the safety and what the the true animal instinct that we feel. So I feel like what that literally I was rab, rabbit in the headlights. You know, I arrived and I was so angry. I wanted to just ca- crawl into a cave. You know, I was like, no, I, I shouldn't have left home. I should have stayed at home. I was very very sort of um, anxious. But because I had done this hypnobirthing and I had printed 
at hypnobirthing training and I'd printed up all these like notes and laminated them um I'd um, Russell got them out our, our, our pouch and was like right we've got to get back on track you've done all these sort of breathing techniques to deal with this exact thing you're going through this feeling of anxiety and fear so let's get back on and as soon as we did st- I started doing the breathing techniques and I started to calm myself right down and get rid of the adrenaline that I was feeling yeah I um I I progressed quickly again and I ended up moving into a dark um very very small dark room that had a water pool and I stayed in the pool for absolutely ages maybe four and a half hours like basically in heaven when I reflect on it we I did Russell took a couple of I was like can you take some pictures of me I just want to remember what this is going to be like because this is surreal there was psychedelic um purple lights and stuff it was sort of mental um I look back at those pictures and think god I I was it was a sort of blissed out state and then of course you have the contractions and they're so bloody intense and you sort of ride the wave that's one thing I kept trying to remember you know ride the wave in a minute there's going to be a moment of rest so just try and go with it and then um towards the end I, I had said several times you know can I push and the midwife who again I I was doing my own sort of checks at this point because they didn't really feel they needed to do anything. Um, I was being monitored um, and the heartbeat was being checked, but I was sort of um, doing it under the water myself. And I, um, I said to the midwife, you know, when can I push? And she said, well, when the feeling, you know, when you can't not push, basically. And I said, I think I'm having that now, you know. And by this point, I had had one little blast of gas and air. Is that all? That's all, Laura? Nothing I, else? Yeah, wow. no, nothing else for this. No, wow. But the gas and air, I will say. Oh, my God, the best. <laughs> Yeah. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know when they don't they don't have gas and air in America, and so when you talk about it, um, they don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, it's it's unbelievable feeling. Um, I uh, w- w- sort of said that I said to the midwife, I don't think I can. I think I I think I want to push. I think that the feeling you're talking about, this urge, is happening now. And she said to me, um, okay, so put your hand, you know, down and see if you can feel anything. So I put my hand down, and she and I said, yeah, I can feel something and she said what can you feel I said I don't know it's sort of hard actually and she said oh my gosh (laughs) has it got hair and she and I said yeah yeah it's hard it's got hair and she went okay you can push (laughs) for sure oh my gosh and I was like oh my god okay so grabbed onto Russell's arms and that was the beginning of the pushing I think there was a few pushes and I roared and I said I couldn't do it once the head was out (laughs) and then everyone was like you can do it nobody's ever not done it now your baby's about to come out into the world so then Mabel was uh, we didn't know what we whether we were having a girl or a boy or whoever this little person was but I was you know I, I um she came into the world in this final very very loud raw and the I just sort of stared at everybody and they were like you you can pick your baby up the baby's been born and I was like were you in the water you were in the water still yeah 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 she she was in the water and I scooped her up and that's when Russell said it's a little girl and I was like oh my god we'll be right back after the short break When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Laura Wright, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Music In My Life. In this series, I'm talking to some amazing guests about their favorite pieces of music. We'll be delving into the music they listen to and why it shaped them throughout the years. It's like intense. It made me feel cooler and stronger and harder than I was. But the man on board had had cancer, and that's obviously become a big part of my life. I can listen to it now, reminding myself where I've come from. He just completely lost it as we pulled up to the, to the hospital. You can find it wherever you found this podcast. Just search Music In My Life. So welcome back, uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? I love hearing people's birth stories. I could literally sit here all day. Do, Do you I? feel the same, Laura? They're just all so unique and yeah. amazing. I really love them. And I was t- hearing this the other day from somebody saying, you know, like that they had a good birth and they felt guilty to tell people about it. And I was like, yeah, no, I think I completely appreciate that. And But the thing is that... Um, if we don't tell positive birth stories, then I think there's such a, there is such a, uh, there is such a tendency and highlight for thing for, for, there's such a natural inclination towards fear in general, especially when we're living in a time that we're in, that if we don't hear proactively or seek um, uh, positive birth stories as well, then how are we getting a good, a good scope of what's, what's going on? Yeah. When I was, pregnant actually I I just wanted to say um quickly that I listened to podcasts that was mainly where I got a lot of my education from was I listened to podcasts where people talked about every sort of birth so I I didn't necessarily want people to tell me things like oh well you should be careful of that you know that I sort of was like I'll get that advice from uh, from a you know if if I need if I want medical advice I'll ask I'll, I'll try and seek that sort of myself I didn't want people giving me a lot of fear because of maybe because that I don't know you know or maybe a subconscious reason but I I did want to understand everything like you know where you hear stories where it doesn't go the way you wanted or positive cesarean story um, positive emergency um, c-section stories yeah. you want to understand the whole picture yeah. but yeah. you also need to you need to seek advice based on what your situation and getting a good range. You need all the information, yeah. isn't it? It's just all the information, all the stories, then you can face Exactly. It's really interesting. I don't know if you do this, Georgia, but I just recently, and I think probably because Axel and Luna are kind of starting, well, Luna's going to preschool in September for four and a half days a week and Axel starts like, you know, primary school. So he's got, but like recently I've just been thinking back on that period, you know, this time four years ago, Georgia and I, well, Georgia had just given birth and I was like waddling around Cheltenham, yeah. like heavily pregnant. So I've been thinking about that whole experience quite a lot and looking at my first yeah. labor and thinking I it was so 
challenging because it just went on for such a long time. And I was thinking, why did it go on for such a long time? Why did it take the three days that it took? Was there was there an amount of fear like you're talking about? Was I holding on to that? And then I look at yeah. Luna and Luna is such a fighter. Like she will fight sleep. She will fight, the, you know, and I, <laughs> and I feel like we were like almost at each other. Like she didn't want to come out or let go of that. And I didn't want to either subconsciously. It's really weird thing to say, but I think it's dawned on me over the last couple of months that that might have been what the issue was. I mean, yeah. I, I'm so interested in the de- the deep sort of aspect of that sort of thing. And it's so, it's so interesting, isn't it? That you can even think, sometimes we say, and I don't know if you guys do this too, like my daughter, like you probably found the same, like my daughter Mabel, she's really quite feisty and she's a strong mm. person and she kicked a lot. And I think, God, do you think that's because, <laughs> do you think... <laughs> She was really kicking a lot, you know. She kicked a lot. She moved yeah. a lot, you know. And now the same. She moves a lot. She doesn't like to really stay still for too long. And it's interesting, isn't it? You can really go into that, and you know, I I, I completely appreciate yeah, that completely. I don't know about you lot, but when I hear birth stories, the whole time I just clench. <laughs> the whole time. I'm listening to the stories and I'm like, clench, what, you clench, didn't, clench. You, didn't, you did enjoy your labours though, didn't you, G? Listen, I had two really positive positive birth stories and I feel really really lucky for that but both of them completely different like one was you know I was induced lots of people fear that I didn't really know about it so I didn't fear it at the time and then I had an epidural and that was so positive like it was absolutely fine and then the second time around it was super 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 quick and there was no time for anything but gas and air obviously really you know that was really positive because it was over so quickly yeah. so two but two complete two completely different yeah. stories but both both were absolutely fine but I am quite like Zoe will say this I am quite a relaxed person so although I didn't actually do hypnobirthing when I hear about hypnobirthing I think that's sort of maybe a little bit embedded into yeah. me anyway and I sort of that's the way I cope in life in general I was listening to one of your other podcasts the other day and I literally was like oh my god worshipping you you said in a podcast previously that you didn't you don't really have like anger or frustration no, or something no and I literally was like oh my god this is the person I try to be when my kids are meltdown. <laughs> like and I could have I, I was like thinking you know yeah I'm sort of like I'm pretty calm but I've also got fire that that I find sometimes works for me and sometimes it's no I do I do get angry sometimes but I don't have that like I don't know my husband has it so I know what that is he like he can go from zero to a hundred in a second but I don't have that thing I oh, think mine mine's built no mine's built up mine builds up builds up builds up builds up and then yeah, I'm like a volcano I like build up for ages and then I blow and then I go back down again so it's all good <laughs> oh my god how amazing but it's so funny that I was literally listening to the podcast what you were saying about t- t- like saying about not losing your cool like and I was thinking I think I just lost my cool <laughs> yeah, she's great she's she's the kind of zen the zen mum actually and the mum that you can chuck loads of shit at her and she just bats it off with like a fly swatter bang 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 just like roger federer of the fucking shit flapping <laughs> <laughs> and then there's me going ah! i'm being pelted by shit from all angles laura in fact somebody said to me at work yesterday it's really stressful knowing you and i was like oh my god <laughs> it's, it's, it's like oh okay all right well 
it's not boring exactly and isn't it amazing that you're also the reason you're probably you've come together you two to work together is because you're you're you bring wonderful amazing different aspects to yeah life and parenting and uh yeah. so that's why thanks yeah. laura yeah, and, and when when georgia does cry you know they come out like ice blocks but by the time they hit the floor they're really nice warm soft tears because i've blown on them um, now, laura, just quickly you touched, you touched on the fact that you're a bit of a control freak um what's that been like for you actually you know after the girls were born and kind of your your first couple of years into being mum well I've definitely I I think uh, gosh well this leads on I suppose to talking a little bit about the book because I um at the beginning I mean I think it's like uh, I was I've I'm sort of only a control freak in that it's something I'm really, really working on, but I think it's definitely been triggered in motherhood because of the amount of un- variables, really. You're dealing with, uh, you're responsible for other humans and there's so many different things and like, you know, God, uh, uh, it, it puts into perspective the fact that when we're yeah driving in the car and I'm being a annoying backseat driver I think gosh okay let's just let's just try and stop that now because it's not not really helpful but when I'm when I'm sort of when it's in parenthood I'm much I think I'm much better at um recognizing it and stopping it because I don't want to do that really around the children and so it does come out in other ways that probably my husband gets the brunt of but um I think I think naturally um gosh it's weird like I I can sort of if something changes path slightly, I'm pretty, I'm pretty go with the flow, right? Most of the time, but the controllingness you is always apparent. If I am stressed, if I haven't looked after myself, if I, um, you know, it's literally that case, it's a pan waiting to boil over. I mean, like if I have too many things on the go and something happens, I feel like the, my, my way of, my way of dealing with that stress is is really classic. I mean, it's just it's control, you know, controlling the environment, maybe, um, you know, uh, it's it's something that's certainly getting better. But when what the reason it leads on to the to the um, the book thing is that when I when Mabel started to um go to sort of art club you know a messy art club some messy club, play yeah exactly I um I realized actually that one area that I wasn't controlling was with stuff like mess and kind of things like allowing her to be sort of uh, as long as she wasn't harming or hurting anybody and she wasn't at that age but as long as she wasn't upsetting another child I was quite free with that sort of stuff and I realized that I was like oh I would go to a sort of an art club and um I realized what messy play sorry I've gone blank you know I told you (laughs) I think we've all got it's the covid fatigue I think that we're all just yeah I'm a holiday blend. It's sort of very, very, very long, isn't it? Um, so I um, noticed that a lot of the parents didn't want their kids to get messy or touch the children's work or share things even really. It was very much about keeping everything just to the space that they're meant to be working on. And really, nobody said the kid was just meant to be working on that space. It was just the pre, it was just the sort of, I guess, what the parent had decided they could, frankly, everyone was too tired to even move. So you're just sitting there and and I felt it too because I was pregnant. But Mabel was um, 10 months old when I was found out, found out I was pregnant with um, Peggy, our second daughter. So I um, was uh, pretty tired at that sort of 
really important stage of Mabel's um, development. But I um, tried, you know, I took her to these classes and and I realised that actually I was sort of looking back and I thought, God, it's really interesting because one area that I'm not controlling is this. And there's actually a very funny French and Saunders video that where they're doing an art project with their kids and they're they're like, you know, oh, do that, do that. And then they're like, you know, no, no, not like that. No, no, no. And they're trying oh, to be yeah. really like free creative parents but they're actually doing the whole art project for their parents for their kids sorry and um I I think that's what what happened was that I started to look for ways where I could um play with Mabel um well when I was sort of play with Mabel and allow her to sort of express herself and that wasn't making me feel like I needed to control her too much control the yeah so that's why I started to kind of um work on trays so the mess didn't go beyond the point of you know no control or take things outside and do things in nature which for me is the most free I ever feel Um, and also things like um you know doing um sort of yeah just allowing her to sort of express that side of herself so she didn't feel restricted in all areas because I was not able to you know because then I did have sickness again with my second pregnancy so it sort of became our little bonding time together our outlet together where I didn't feel like I was being a sort of overly controlling parent and she was really enjoying that sort of freedom to express herself so that um control it's an interesting thing because yes of course it still crops up and certainly it it crops up with me you know in 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 certain ways but I'm I'm much better at better at recognizing it now and preventing it from affecting anybody else and also um I'm I think I'm just relaxing more into motherhood as it as it goes on and um but that that where where it started I'll just sort of continue that uh train of thought um when I started to um look for the things that I felt we bonded over most Mabel and I and when I say bond I just mean like where you find that moment of joy yeah connection where you're like wow that was that was quite that was cool that doing that with you you know I used to think wow I'm sort of surprised actually I didn't get yeah nobody cried it's sort of successful um and it can be a quick five minute thing it doesn't have to be a massive project it was it it was actually making play-doh that was the first time we ever realized and I didn't have many ingredients in the house so we I used what we could around the house and it included like lemon instead of cream of tartar and it sort of was like didn't have any coloring in it It was quite plain but we put some flowers in it and we I really really realized I was like wow we both like this sort of creative um, space together and that's really nice um so I started looking at other ways to do it now by this point well into doing these sort of arts and crafts I now had um my beautiful second daughter Peggy and um so now I had a baby in my arms and then Mabel was you know um just sort of like one and a half so I was always looking for simple ways where I could well simple ways that where we could play yeah. together and, and have yeah, it and it's not just the lap it's just not just the iPad where you're you know we all have those days and absolutely I'm like I tend to sometimes if I'm feeling a bit it's more about me actually than more about them but just they're like I need a bit of time out they can have 30 minutes play games whatever they need to do and that's fine as well but actually you find those moments when you when you sit down and dedicate time to your child that real like you said that sparkle that joy that magic comes out in those moments sometimes it's quite hard to think about 
how to get there with them. You know, you look around the house, you're like, yeah. what activity am I going to do today? Fuck, I don't want to make another dinosaur out of a bog roll. But like, you know, <laughs> actually, it's really fun. Oh, God, totally. I mean, like, that's where, and I completely agree with you. Like, what I re- what I started to realise that was that where I set the bar too high and tried to make things that were too complex, certainly at the ages that, the age that she was and having a, a baby, I realised that, like, we were not finding joy. We were not finding joy in those moments. It was more about play and making. And then I realised that doing the things like making potions and mud kitchen stuff and things that weren't really based on an end result but more of a process thing um or something we could start and pick up and like there's a, an activity in the book that I do um, which is nature weaving now a, a few times I make the structure of the nature weaving um sort of the tool which is um four sticks together with twine in between them a bit like your guitar strings and then when you're on a walk you're put, putting things in between you're putting things in between you're weaving like maybe a feather or yeah. a whatever and you have this sort of a piece of rustic artwork at the end of it but it's not always that we're sitting and we're doing it in one go we might make it and then we'll use it on next time we go for a walk or I might even make it for her and then she'd give it to her to use to encourage her to look for natural play connection and so what happened was that same thing you know you say I, I can't always if I set the bar too high and I think let's make this massive project and I want it to look like that I'm gonna be disappointed and I think Mabel you know will never look like that she's she's still so young and she likes things to look exactly how she wants them to look and that's the thing I really try to nurture so I'm looking for the parental enjoyment but in that I'm looking for that that's where I that's where I think that control comes into it again I'm looking for that that loss that feeling of letting go of the result so that you can embrace the play and the process rather than the the thing that you're you've seen on Pinterest or Instagram you know so yeah you know and often to do that I think because we live in a time now where we are all working on the go we're on our phones we're looking at Instagram we're doing a thousand other things house errands we're making a shopping list we're doing this I think that it you sometimes we have to put our phone down to do this we have to just focus on the and if even that's for five or ten minutes that has to be something that we we factor in sometimes yeah it's not always possible and sometimes when I set my daughters up now they're they they're older they play together really nicely most of the time but also I was quite stressed this morning because they were not playing nicely together so let me tell you (laughs) it's not I'm not painting a a dream scenario this is very very much normal toddler behavior tantrums screaming sharing issues fighting but sometimes what I might do is if I've got a little moment to to set up something for them like a play-doh activity I might do the ingredients um measure them out put them onto a tray give them the tray each with their utensils then I get on and I do some cooking or I reply to some emails and they they play and they're on a you know maybe you set the table so there's a tablecloth down or something you're not worried about them getting messy or you take their little table chairs out onto the patio or whatever um and so sometimes it's about preparing the space keeping expectations sort of realistic and also allowing them to play and allowing yourself to play as well I mean you know like enjoying the moment and trying to tap into that feeling for yourself of your own nostalgia for the childhood um traditional things that we might have done you know so that, that to me is also very important and in those moments where I'm able to let go and and um, let go totally of that control over what that might be or how that activity is meant to look, that's where I find the joy. 
Absolutely. Do you know what? That That's so true what you were saying about letting go of the expectations because yesterday I went to the beach with Axel and Gigi and we got a net and a bucket for to go crabbing, right? So I thought that's what we were going to do. Well, Axel was not remotely interested in going crabbing. All he wanted to do was fill the net up with stones and put them in the bucket. And I was like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. You're going you're gonna to break the net. Oh, Axel, Axel. And then I thought, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna sit and have an I'm gonna sit and have an aperol spritz. Yeah, and I'm, right. and I'm gonna watch you two. They were there for an hour filling the bucket up with stones. Axel and Gigi, who's just won, were playing together, and I thought, wow, this is it. <laughs> this yeah, is that's it. it. That's, though, that's it? exactly what I needed. Yeah, absolutely. That is so nice. And isn't yeah. it because you actually enjoyed yourself <laughs> doing your own thing? Like it was like you didn't need to be over the top of them. They can make no. in that situation. Um, we could. I'm just devastated to say this because I want you to come back on because we've just spoken for 46 minutes and we've got to say goodbye. But before we go, <laughs> oh are goodness. you going to have any more children? And have you and Russell discussed it a lot? Oh, yeah, we do discuss it. And, like, I mean, to be honest with you, um, I have to be in a place to be able to potentially handle quite a long time of not being totally myself so I you know because I think because I've now been sick in in two pregnancies I think gosh I um feel like it's probably likely if I was to become pregnant again I I would again so I sort of feel like I want to get I want to get myself to a place where I sort of think maybe that the girls are the right age you know that at the moment I'm going through you know Peggy's just turned two we're having a lot of tantrums at the moment a lot of things like that I'm sort of having to really breathe through and take a step back from when there's like little fights over toys and things like that and so I sort of think we would absolutely if we're blessed enough to have another child we would love to we really are we we love the family unit and we are we love um, being parents so if it's something that we're able to do then I would absolutely love it and I hope that um you know I think it's gonna happen, happen, I think it's gonna happen. Um, I've got the feel yeah. <laughs> I just might need to um maybe I'll just yeah I'll, I'll have to have myself set up with a few activities prep <laughs> before the play-doh might start, start making me want oh, to vomit yes. so I'm um, like <laughs> oh Laura thank you, oh, thank you Laura wonderful and um yeah you can, anybody listening uh, the Joy Journal is out now get yourself a copy it's a wonderful book from a very clever lady Laura thanks so much for coming on thanks Laura I've loved it thank you oh my gosh she's amazing isn't she yeah she really is she's one of those people that make me feel really chilled like chatting to her I feel really like chilled and... yeah I want to have another baby after hearing her birth story Did, really I kind of do I do. do you? I sort of do. I think maybe it's been taken away from me. But Dozza, and obviously Dozza's had, a, we're not having any more babies, but it's just when I hear. Yeah, lovely birth stories. I don't know. I know. I mean, I said, what, a couple of months ago, I can see why people have three babies. And to be honest with you, mm. Gigi's behaviour at the moment, I will not fall into that trap. <laughs> She's horrendous at the moment. Really? Oh my gosh. Oh my good! I didn't have any of this with Axel. I seriously yeah, she's didn't. The youngest child, so she's constantly asking <gasps> for attention. I thought the younger one wasn't. I thought the older one was supposed to be the jealous one, not the younger one. 
Oh, fuck knows. It all goes out the window. Maybe I got that all wrong. <laughs> anyway, my one didn't get the memo, so. Um, thank you to Laura Bram coming on. She's an absolute yeah. hero. That was absolutely brilliant. Um, and we're going to probably do another whole separate episode on which one, sh- which child should be the uh, the jealous child. <laughs> coming next Friday. Um, yeah. Shall we do our products? Yeah, 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 let's. I mean, we're... It's, it's difficult, isn't it, Zoe, like to do themed products every week. So yeah. now we're on, you know, we're chatting twice a week. We yeah. thought it'd be better just to talk about things that we're just loving at the moment. Yeah, yeah. can I kick off? Because I am so, so over the moon that um, this wonderful woman on Instagram from Teacher Play Limited got in touch with me about these, um, their learning cards um, to teach your toddlers how to start writing, doing their numbers and doing their letters. And I actually saw Rochelle Humes' daughter doing it. And I was like, wow, they look amazing. Like I've obviously seen lots of kind of learning cards in the past, but there was just something really special about these ones. So anyway, we started chatting and she sent a few packs for Luna. So super grateful for that. And Luna is so engaged with them. Um, On one side, let's just take the numbers. You've got um, the number, so like the number one. And then on the other side, it's kind of like... um, it says things like, right, go down the monkey's back and um, across the wood at the bottom. So there's like an illustration of a monkey on a tree and then they follow the dots down and then they turn it over and they go, number one. Like, it's just... That's so good. Do you know oh, what, as well? Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but I remember writing the number five at school and they'd be like down around and put the hat on. And even when I write the number yeah. five now, it's still always it's <laughs> in my head. You still need the dots to be able to do it. Still need that. Yeah, so that's brilliant. Um, so um, she's very, very kindly running a 10% discount for our followers and our listeners to the podcast. So if you do want to check her out, Teacher Play Limited online, then when you get to the checkout, you just t- you just tap in Mama 10, 10, so M-A-M-A 10, and you get 10% off. Fab, amazing. Um, this isn't a kiddie product. This is actually a skincare product. Um, I don't know about you, but I always think I realised what skincare works for me when it runs out and I stopped using it. So a while ago, Mugu sent some products over for the kids because they're really, really, you know, amazing on sensitive skin. But they included a cleansing oil in there. And so I started using it and um, really loved it. It's completely, you know, it's completely empty. And I I finished it last week and my skin has broken out since I stopped using it. Really? So, yeah, and I think that's the sign of a really good product because I know how much I I need it now so I yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna buy some today so oh, that my nice. skin can be saved yeah nice and also you got me into cleansing oil um, yes it's amazing so thank you for that the next brand that I'm going to talk about is uh, uh, an, like another brand on Instagram called Peachy 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 <laughs> that's what their <laughs> name is um, but they're actually just like they're just called Peachy um, and yeah I just came across them on Instagram and they're basically gym wear and lounge wear and yeah they I basically got myself a really amazing kind of tie-dye short set so like loungewear but shorts but in this really really cool tie-dye print and it's like my go-to at the moment because obviously it's a bit not cold in the evening so I'm coming back from work and putting that on but they do loads of great different designs and prints amazing I love some loungewear so we all know how messy Gigi is when she eats like really really bad and I never remember to take a bib out with me mainly because most of them aren't aren't great looking but I was actually sent one 
you'd have seen it on Instagram if you follow us and it's like pink and it's got big ruffles on it it's almost like an outfit in itself Um, and it was from Little Oak Clothing and I just it is amazing it does actually really work as well like there's a pocket and all the food falls into that and because it's so big it covers all of her top half um, and I actually love getting it out and putting it on her. Well, we had so many messages, didn't we, saying like, yeah. um, where's it from? Yeah, nice. No, yeah, okay. it is um, And the final brand that I'm literally living in and loving at the moment is Anine Bing. Um, oh, yes. yes. I know. Just literally everything that she designs I just want. But I've got this really amazing kind of um, like houndstooth blazer at the moment. So just have a little look. They've got an incredible, um, inst- well, it's her Instagram basically, but then obviously the website's there. Loads of great stuff for the kids as well. It's a little bit yeah. expensive, but they're kind of investment pieces that you, you know you're going to keep for a long time. And also, like, with the kids' jumpers and stuff, like, with uh, with Axel, I've got one that's sort of oversized, but then I roll it up and it looks nice longer, yeah. and yeah. then he'll have it for a couple of years. So yeah. I think when pieces are a bit more expensive, that's the way to do it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, all right, then. Well, listen, that's it for this week. I've got to go and do a radio show. Off you go. And cool. I've got to go and get Gigi up from her nap. So, you know, different worlds we're living in. <laughs> I can't wait to see you next week. We're going to be back on Friday with one of our Q&A episodes. So as always, please, 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 if you could um, rate, review and subscribe to the podcast, that would be fantastic. And if you do have a chance to leave a little five star review, that would be amazing. Yeah, and do keep your suggestions coming for topics that you want us to cover. Um, DM us at Made by Mummers or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman. And we will see you on Friday. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. 